This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everyone. I'm Megan Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back to the show where every week we go exploring in the pursuit of awesome. You can count on us to keep you informed of all the best shiny things out there when we share our awesome of the week. In each episode, we also take your questions and bring you the answers you need to help you uncover all the awesome within your own life. Everyone's favorite Hollywood housewife, Lara, is here this week, and we are answering some burning questions about beauty, makeup, hair, skincare, the products that we love and those that we cannot live without, as well as a few beauty hacks and confessions. We have got tons to cover this week and you will for sure want to head over to the show notes at sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com for links to all the things that we're going to discuss today. But first we're going to start the way we always do with awesome of the week. And I'm going to be a little bit selfish and go first this week. I am so, so thrilled about my awesome of the week. And that is that I just got to see you a few days ago. Yes, yes, yes. I posted this in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group, but this past weekend, I got to go on a girls getaway trip to Sundance, Utah. It was my first trip ever to Utah. Oh my gosh. Laura, I was completely unprepared for how gorgeous Utah is. Isn't it so beautiful? It's, I I mean, I keep telling people that. People keep asking me how my trip was, and and I'll talk about that in a minute. I had so much fun with my friends, but I was stunned by how gorgeous the mountains were. I'd never seen anything like it. Of course, here I am, prairie girl, grew up in Oklahoma, so I'm very not used (laughs) to mountains. But even having been to Colorado and some other places that have some altitude, I just was unprepared for how gorgeous it was out there. So... You were like, what? You were like, the people are fine, but the mountains. <laughs> Basically is what I'm saying. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I only Instagrammed two pictures while we were there, and they were both of the scenery. <laughs> <laughs> so Laura and I, and also Kelly, another show co-host, went with a group of girlfriends out to Utah for an annual girls getaway. Now, Rebecca was not there because this little group that we have predates the show by quite a few years. So this is a group of girlfriends who met online. We've been friends for years and a couple of number of years ago started doing a yearly getaway. And this year it was in Utah. And it was just, it was a few days of really getting to just spend time together face-to-face. Those of you who have forged friendships in an online space know that it really can be a challenge to get to meet up in real life, let alone spend a couple of days together. So that was such a treat. This retreat has been going on for a couple of years. However, the past two years, I had to sit out. Uh, The first year was when I had four-month-old twins, and just it was not happening. (laughs) And then last year was still kind of the twins, you know, trying to arrange for childcare for them. Kyle had just started his small business, and life was just completely crazy. So there was no way I could escape last year either. So it had been two years since I had gotten to see everyone, and it was just so magical that the energy of being in the same place with people that know you so well. And I love getting together with girlfriends that that know you so well and know your story so well that it's like you have your own shorthand. You know, you don't have to, if you're telling a story, you don't have to back up and say, well, 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 well let me give you the context of this relationship or whatever, because they already know. So that is so fun. Um, 
it was just such a great time. Many late nights of staying up and talking and laughing. And Laura and I got really tickled about some of our high school stories that <laughs> we probably tell too often, but never stop being funny to us. <laughs> They're legitimately funny, if I may defend us for a second. And it was also the first time I had flown in three years. So I was texting both my sister and Laura, like with all of my TSA questions. <laughs> and, Is this going to be okay? Is this going to get tossed off? Um, so anyway, that was actually really good for me to kind of just get out of the house and explore a change in scenery and all of that stuff. So that is not only my awesome of the week, but probably one of the awesomes of this year was getting the chance to get out of town to hang out with girlfriends and golly, Utah. I mean, it's amazing. Did you think it was worth it? Um, the sort of sacrifice of preparing your four children and yeah, um, the, you know, costs us money to fly there and all of that. I mean, you hadn't really done that in years. Did you feel like it's a worthy Oh, absolutely. It was, I mean, it is an investment um, financially, literally, but also I, I look at it as an investment in myself and giving myself some space to kind of reconnect with me as Megan and not as mom and wife and all of those things. So it is, I mean, preparing schedules and um, all of the things for four kids. Kyle was here the whole time. Um, a couple of people asked, like, who's watching the twins? I was like, their father. <laughs> You're like, remember him? (laughs) Yeah. He helped. He was amazing. He totally stepped up. Thankfully, Kyle's job is flexible. He works from home. So even though he works from home, though, he doesn't really, I mean, he works. He's, He's in his office working most of the day. So he doesn't really have a concrete feel for how our days unfold. And I have to tell you all this. I hope he doesn't kill me for telling this on the air. But Sunday night, first of all, when I got home Sunday night around 830, um, the downstairs was clean. He had cleaned the kitchen. He had made a homemade meal, spaghetti and homemade meatballs. Homemade sauce was wonderful. So he had done all of those things. We get everybody in bed and we're kind of debriefing about our weekends. And he was like, I have to tell you, the way I feel right now is the way I felt after the first few days of two-a-day practice. Like, I am so <laughs> mentally and physically exhausted. <laughs> So he was, I mean, Kyle often, he's really good about saying, you know, I appreciate all that you do. And I know that you have a lot in your hands, but, um, he was like, yeah, it's, I'm, he was like, I'm not a good mom. I'm not good at momming. (laughs) (laughs) He was really worn out, but he did fantastic. Everyone did great. And I just, I'm so glad I did it. It was fantastic. It was really fun. It was, it was. Laura brought a selfie stick. So. And used it. Used it a lot. We didn't Listen, go- everybody was glad I had that selfie stick. The selfie stick, it's funny, but it's actually kind of a genius invention. It totally is. And you use the little button that's on the handle. Yeah. The thing is way out on the propeller. What do you call it? Not the propeller. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how most people use it, Laura. <laughs> No, I don't know the technical <laughs> terminology for the selfie stick. <laughs> on the stick. It's anyway, way it's way out on the end of the stick, and you just use the button on the handle. And people made fun of it, and it is ridiculous looking, but it takes cute pictures. It takes great pictures. It really does. It really does. It was so fun. So, yes, I am still walking on air from having seen these girlfriends of mine. We had so much fun. And now we're back, and now we're back into the swing of things. So, yeah. Okay, that was my Awesome of the Week. I know yours is a little different than mine, so let's hear it. Um, My Awesome of the Week is quite a bit less exuberant, Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) but I want to talk about it because I just finished it, and I think it's important to talk about. My Awesome of the Week is John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath. Yes. Which is really a 180, so everybody stay with me. Yeah. I read it this past, actually while we were in Utah is when I was mainly reading it, but in the past month, it has been the book that I chose for my Read Great Books Literature Challenge. So this year on my blog, I um, am reading one classic a month and then we discuss it on Facebook. We have a sort of chat about it. This last month I did... um, Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, which I chose because I had never read it. We were not made to read that in my high school classes. 
And but I knew the sort of basic uh, plot line was Oklahoma farm workers who were forced out because of the Dust Bowl and the Depression who were forced to move west, ending up mostly in California because there was labor work here, so they were told. But then um, when they arrived, there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people and very little work. So I knew the the basic premise of the story. It's just one of those things that's kind of referenced in literary life. But I had never read it. I had never read much Steinbeck. And so I was a little nervous that it was going to be really daunting. And it was truly an amazing novel. And I picked it because I think that we don't read these kind of things anymore, even if you're a big reader, because they're quote unquote boring or quote unquote difficult. Difficult. And so, you know, you're like, ugh, like I, my mom brain cells have tapped me. Like I'm going to read something easy Mm -hmm. or entertaining or something maybe that feels like it would be more culturally relevant that you could discuss right now. Like, I don't know, Gone Girl or something. But there's almost nothing more culturally relevant than The Grapes of Wrath right now. I know. Yes. So just um, economy-wise, we asked some big questions in the chat last night. We were talking about, because a big part of it is that machines are replacing people. So if you can get one tractor to do the work of 20 men, you can't blame the farmer for having the tractor. But also, what do you do with the 20 men? Mm -hmm. So it's just asking a lot of questions that are still relevant, you know. 80 years later, and then also the discrimination that the Okies, mm-hmm. do you call yourself an Okie, Megan? I do, that yeah. The, <laughs> that the Okies received when they moved to California. Um, there was a lot of cruelty both on the road and in their destination. And I think in the book, it's it's based on poverty level. But I think a lot of these discussions um, in America, while also still poverty driven, there's a lot of racial questions that are happening in our country. And this similar themes come up in The Grapes of Wrath. And so it was just very thought provoking. It was not difficult. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Reading. And I found that as we've done a lot of these classics, you think that they're going to be really hard and they're not. You know, I wonder about that often because most of these classics, unfortunately, are forced upon us when we're in high school or in college. And, you know, science tells us what we now know about the human brain is it's not actually fully developed until like 24, 25. I honestly wonder if we should all revisit the classics when we're fully formed, fully cognitively functioning adults, because I think the material is more approachable. I think Steinbeck is an incredibly approachable author on his own. But I think a lot of these that you've covered this year did feel maybe difficult when you were younger, when people are younger and reading them. But then once you move into adulthood and like, you really like get it, like nobody has to, when you're reading The Grapes of Wrath, nobody has to point out the themes to you. You don't have to take quizzes over character development. Like it, you just naturally can pick up on that because you're a grown-up reading it. <laughs> you're a grown-up and you've yeah. had similar experience right. or you've heard of similar sp- experience and so you understand it better. You do not understand some of these themes when you're 16. Right, yes. And now the books that I chose for this challenge, I didn't choose the hardest of the hard. I wasn't choosing James Joyce, right, which is more difficult reading, <laughs> or right. I didn't even choose Shakespeare, which has a lot of interpretation involved. I chose more novel, narrative-based stories, but it's still been really, really good. And for most of these books, it's the first time reading for the people who participate in the discussions. We have really good insights that we could not have even had when we were 16. Like, we couldn't have even discussed it in this way. It's not to say we shouldn't be making our teenagers read the classics, because we should, but... I really think that it's a whole different value to read these things as an adult. So The Grapes of Wrath itself is way more approachable than you think it's going to be if right. you're scared to pick up some of these things. But but mainly I wanted to choose it as an encouragement for people to, to read the classics. Just add a few classics into their year. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone needs to like <laughs> make it their whole library, but you know. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think that's so true. And, you know, if you think about, too, from the author's perspective, when Steinbeck was writing these things or any of the authors you've chosen this year, they weren't thinking about 15 and 16-year-olds reading them. You know, they're writing for their peers. So I think that totally, yeah, makes sense. So good stuff. Good stuff. That was a wonderful cultured and literary awesome of the week as we get ready to talk about beauty products. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Um, so we are, we're going to dig in and we are just talking about beauty stuff this week. You know, it's so funny because Kyle has decided he is, this fall, he's going to grow a beard. And he's kind of jump-started the whole no-shave November. He, he started October 1st growing his out. It's been so funny because he's, he's a researcher. He is an INTJ, an Enneagram Type 5, so he likes to dig in and do the research on anything he's interested in. So in his research, he found the Dollar Beard Club. Are you familiar with this situation? It's, real, it's, it's a funny business. They're, they have some really funny, not kid-appropriate, but very funny commercials. And I was watching some of these with him, and we were getting such a kick out of it. But... I was thinking about for men, like the like Dollar Beard Club's thing is like extolling the virtues of manliness that come with growing out your beard. And I mean, just completely unapologetic about it. And I was thinking about men generally, I'm painting with some broad strokes, but men generally do not feel conflicted about whatever their grooming practices are. You know, that's right. just like the, they, whatever they want to do, they do. And that they don't have, feel like the need to sort of have anybody validate it. They're just going to do it. But I think women can sometimes feel a little conflicted when we start talking about beauty products and beauty practices because, I don't know, maybe sometimes it seems trivial or like first world problems or vain or, you know, sort of fill in the blank derogatory in talking about beauty stuff. But... I'm here to say the fact is you can be you can be an educated person, you can be a thoughtful, contributing member of our society and still get a little bit giddy when you walk into Sephora. You know, it's not either or. It's totally both and. And I would say that Laura and I both consider ourselves to be fairly feminist women. We're pro-women, pro-girls. We're both raising daughters. And still, we just thought it'd be fun to do a show on beauty. So we fully realize that those of you who are listening are on a spectrum when it comes to this stuff. We have people at one end of the spectrum who are just like, run a brush through your hair and put on some moisturizer and you're good to go. And we have people on the other end that want to do the full face of makeup morning to night. Uh, and then everybody falling on that spectrum anywhere in between. So I just want you to know, for this conversation, you do not have to justify or explain your beauty preferences to us. You have the total freedom to just have fun with this beauty stuff. When we were prepping for this show, coming off of our last show together, just you and me, was the anxiety show, which was <laughs> like a heavy, serious topic that I, I find to be really important. And so when I was thinking about this show, I was like, how do we give the caveat that it, you know, this beauty stuff is just fun and none of us are so shallow as to think that it actually matters. And then I kind of rerouted myself and decided that on a certain level, it does matter. Not that we look perfect or spend a lot of money or whatever, but that the way that we take care of ourselves and that we want to present ourselves so that we feel like we look good can spill over into other parts of our life. And in that way, it does matter if it gives you like a confidence or it gives you, you know, makes you feel more secure in the room or in the, your day, then then that matters to me. People's like kind of mental health and the way they feel about themselves. And I have to tell you this story. My mom, when I was going to college, my mom took me out and bought me all new, very nice clothes for sorority rush. And... I had conflicted feelings about it at the time, not because I was <laughs> so deep that I didn't want new clothes. <laughs> I definitely wanted new clothes, but because I felt like the type of clothes that they were, I was never going to wear again, and um, I was uncomfortable with spending a lot of money. I would have rather had, you know, jeans or, you know, whatever. I just remember feeling a level of discomfort with kind of what we were doing at the mall. And I ex expressed that to her. And the thing that she said has stuck with me forever and always. And I was 18 then. And she said, look, we're getting you clothes so that you do not have to think about your clothes. Mm. And what she meant by that was like on one day of rush, I can't remember, everybody was supposed to wear little black dresses or something. And she was like, I want you to be able to present and project your best self and not feel self-conscious about what you're wearing, not be worried that it's not the right thing, whatever. And so um, she was totally right. When you feel like, not in a conformist way, such as that example, but when you feel like that you are representing yourself well or you're not tugging at something that doesn't fit right or you're not worried that your face looks crazy, like whatever beauty or fashion regimen fits you, whatever that is, from nothing to everything, 
if if you're in your comfort comfort level of that, you are going to be expressing more of yourself. Absolutely. I so agree. You know, I can overthink anything, Lord knows. And I have overthought some of this beauty stuff for sure. But I, I've come to the same conclusion. I really have that these are little things that we can do along the way that really help us feel. And there is, there absolutely is, a, we are holistic people. There is a connection between who we believe ourselves to be on the inside and how we project that out and how we want other people to experience us. And as human beings, we have eyes. Our vision is important to us and the things that we take in with our eyes are important. And so, yeah, I mean, that's really echoes what I'm saying is, yeah, let's, let's figure out what works for us, what helps us to kind of forget ourselves almost when we're out and about and in relationship with other people. So... I have some questions for you. We're just going to kind of go back and forth, sharing some of our favorites, some of the things that we can't live without, some of the things that people might not know about us when it comes to beauty. So I wanted to start with just a huge overall question. Favorite brand. What's your go-to brand? And what are some of your favorites from that brand that you that you keep on hand often? Okay, it's changed over the years, but in the last two or three years, my go-to brand that I love so many products from is NARS. 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 It's fun to say too. And it is really pretty. <laughs> it is. Um, I like, I love their tinted moisturizer. I love their blush stick in orgasm. Mm, racy. Racy. <laughs> um, I use some of their eyeshadows, although I'm not a huge eyeshadow girl. I But my favorite, almost my favorite beauty product ever in a long time is the NARS Audacious Lipstick. It is fabulous. I have it in multiple colors. It is spendy. Now, NARS is not a inexpensive brand. It's not the highest of the high. I get it at Sephora, but it's it's definitely spendier than some of the others. But I just feel like their products are top-notch quality. I love them. I like the packaging. It doesn't come open in my bag. Um, it looks nice. Their tinted moisturizer, and I've tried a lot of different tinted no- moisturizers, and they're all, all kinds of things can be go wrong with a tinted moisturizer. But theirs, I think, is the perfect amount of moisturizing and coverage, and it kind of dries matte. It doesn't really dry mm. like... Right, right. Um, not as dewy like, as some yeah, of the others. Yeah, not as dewy, which right. can translate to oily looking yes. sometimes. And the lipstick, the Audacious line, I also like their their chubby stick pencil lipsticks, which is what I wore in my wedding. So maybe I've been a NARS fan for even longer than I thought. But their Audacious line... That stuff stays. I'm here to tell you, Laura surprised me with a NARS uh, lipstick from their Audacious line because if you follow me on my personal Instagram account a few weeks ago, you might have seen that one of the twins got into my brand new, very favorite, rather expensive red lipstick and completely destroyed it. So when Laura saw that, she texted me, don't buy another red lipstick. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then I get this big package, this box from Los Angeles. It was really heavy. I opened in the box was a copy of Stephen King's 112263, the actual book, which is, it is massive. And, there and was fantastic. This, yes. And there was this little black tube of lipstick and it is the Rita shade from the Audacious line from NARS. Um, you know, you mentioned the packaging. That's the thing. When you are buying the higher end products, you really notice like all of the little details that like the um, the top to the lipstick uh, kind of snaps back into place. Maybe like it's magnetic. It's magnetic. Yeah. Even Kyle, when he was, when I opened it, he was looking at it too. And he noticed that right away. He was like, Ooh, that's, that's nice. How it just kind of pops back into place. Um, But yeah, it's, and it stays so well. It's so gorgeous. It's going to be one of those that I like hold on to and just portion out. Because it is, it is a great experience. That's my first NARS product ever, and I am a huge fan of it. So, what's your favorite line? Okay, my favorite line is unchanging since I was a little girl. It's Clinique, and I grew up at my mother's side learning how to use makeup using Clinique products. So I have a deep, long-lasting, abiding affection for it. I think probably because of the connection to my mom. I mean, these this is literally. This was the first face wash I used, the first eye makeup remover, the first foundation, all of those things. I love Clinique. I think it's so funny and a little bit cheesy how at the Clinique counter, you know, they wear like the white coats, like you're actually going to a, <laughs> to a clinic 
to have to your a beauty lab. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. But I love Clinique products. I actually don't use their face care as much anymore. I have had a hard time finding a face, uh, a facial care line, um, skincare line from Clinique that really works for my skin. So I don't use that as much, but I love their lipsticks. Their, their different lipstick line. Um, those are lipsticks I have been wearing for years. My thing about makeup. So actually when I go into Sephora or even if I'm looking at products, uh, the CVS, I get overwhelmed with possibilities really easily. So I love to have my standards, my go-tos that I do not have to fret about. Like I know they're going to work for me. So from Clinique's different lipstick line, a different grape is a fantastic go-to. It's a, it's a, in their sort of violet color family. Uh, I guess I should say, I mean, we both have fairly fair skin. Um, I have fair skin, freckles, green eyes. Um, so I really love their different grape. I think it's fantastic, especially in the fall and winter. Um, another one from that line that I love is Surprise. It's kind of got a little bit of a gold fleck to it. So fun. I also am a huge fan of their eyeshadows. The pigmentation is great. They stay forever. They are an all-day eyeshadow. A couple of favorites of mine. My sister got me a huge case of their eyeshadows. It was such a splurge for Christmas. Fantastic. I love it. I'll probably use it forever. But some of the other shadows from them that I've used in the past that I really love, they have an all-about shadow duo. One of them's called Like Mink. And it's two browns. It's like a tan and a, then a darker brown. It's so easy. You don't even have to think about it. You can put the lighter color over your whole lid and then use the darker color as your accent. Um, so Like Mink is one of those. And then Uptown Downtown is a gorgeous pale pink. And I, since I have green eyes, I like to wear purple around my eye. It is a Purple's great with green eyes. So the Uptown Downtown duo has um, a really beautiful pink and then like a purplish gray accent color. So those are some of my favorites. I should probably experiment more, but I, when I find something that I know I love and looks good on me, I tend to go back to it over and over again. So Clinique, I don't know, I love it. Just looking at the packaging too, it just uh, it has so many fond memories of my mom's makeup collection and digging through her stuff when I was, you know, middle school and high school and through the years, Clinique does a bonus often at their counters at Dillard's or Macy's or whatever. So my mom would pick up a bonus and whatever products that were in there that she didn't care for, she'd always give to uh, my sister and I. So that was always a fun time too. Like, Did your mom wear makeup every day? Was she like a full oh, face makeup? She's a full, to this day, she's a full face makeup person. Really? Yes. You know, in Oklahoma, that is kind of the makeup norm which was surprising to me. So when Kyla and I moved to, when we moved to Texas, we, we moved to Fort Worth, which is actually kind of um, a similar makeup culture, maybe not as intense as the Dallas side of DFW, but people wear makeup in normal everyday life. Then we moved to San Marcos, which is south of Austin, where I think the norm is very little to no makeup. So I got really used to that, to a very natural face look. You know, Austin's super crunchy. And then we moved back to Oklahoma I remember being like alarmed. I, I was like, I forgot. I forgot. This is, this is full <laughs> makeup country. Like you are leaving the house. You have your full face on. It took me a while to adjust to that. But yeah, my mom still wears a full face every day. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But some of those makeup things like makeup culture, I think is so regional. Don't you think? It is regional because I notice it too when I travel if people are wearing a lot of makeup or not. And I got into a good discussion over the weekend about being in Los Angeles. I think some people, some of my friends were saying that they thought it was very heavy makeup, like kind of the Dallas look, like very done, polished, full face of makeup. And that is not true. I don't, I think people maybe have that impression because of Beverly Hills. Definitely. That was the impression even pre Real Housewives. I think people think Los Angeles and maybe they think like very Botoxed or plastic surgery and then a lot, a lot of makeup. And that is not true in the area I live in Los Angeles at all. I, the other, you know, sort of stereotypical. California look is, you know, sun-kissed, no makeup, very natural. And so my side of town, I live in kind of East Hollywood area, is more that. It's sort of hipster, um, artsy, very, there's a lot of crunchy kind of granola. It would be 
surprising to see someone in full makeup all the time. I mean, you see it. Hello, it's a big city. Like you see people, but maybe they look like they're going somewhere. People are not at the grocery store in that kind of full makeup thing. And that surprised some of my friends who just think Los Angeles that everyone is very done up. And that's not true. It's very, it's, it's California hippie here. That was very surprising to me. I genuinely thought that in Los Angeles, you know, it's hard for me to distinct between the different areas and neighborhoods and those types of things. But I had totally like stereotyped the whole area as being like that, like you said, that just very like fixed and fixed up polished look. So, so you're saying like you are not a full face necessarily when you walk out the door for school drop off every day, or like you said, to run to the grocery store. Oh gosh, no. And I really enjoy makeup and, and like to play with it and like to wear it, but I don't, I don't wear it every day. Uh, I mean, I wear a little bit. I wouldn't walk out the door like completely barefaced, but I don't do a full face unless I have plans or lunch or a meeting or something. But for regular school pickup, no. And and that's and I'm normal in my okay in my part of town. So do you have like a little like five minute up and out the door kind of routine that you do every day? I do. I wear less. Um, foundation than I used to. When I was younger, I wore like so much makeup on my actual face. <laughs> and I do less of that now. And in fact, someone in the group this week in the hangout group for Sorta Awesome asked, do you think that full makeup ages you? And I couldn't say yes fast enough. I do think that it can age you. Now with very skilled hands, uh, full makeup is gorgeous. But the older I've gotten, the more I feel like it makes me look old, the way it's older, the way it sort of settles into my lines, or maybe I'm using too much of it, or I don't know. I just, it doesn't look as good. So my five minute makeup routine is moisturizer first. Mm -hmm. If I do not have moisturizer on, I look like a different person. Right, right. Yeah, I'm the same way. So moisturizer, and then sometimes that's it if my skin's having a good day. If I'm not having a good day, then I use tinted moisturizer, um, which so just a little bit of coverage. And then if I if I don't need the tinted moisturizer, I just do a little concealer under my eyes, around my nose. And then I don't like eyeshadow very much. Really? And so I just don't. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. When it, someone else does it for me or I see it on someone else, I think, oh, their eyes look so beautiful. But I... I don't know. I don't really like it. So I just use a little bit of concealer on my eyelids. Oh, okay. And then mascara. And I'm very into mascara. And then I do like lipstick. And I realize lipstick or lip gloss, any kind. And I have all kinds of lipstick that I use. I like Max Viva La Glam. I think it's Viva La Glam. Um, is one of my favorites for just daily because it's just a hint of pink, pinky mm, topy yeah. shimmer. It's not too much. I love Stila's Lip Glaze in Berry. That's like a lip gloss. Their lip glazes are amazing. Yes, yes. Very good. And so I'll just throw those on. So so basically, moisturizer, concealer, mascara, and some kind of lip thing. I have to wear... Oh, and blush. Wait, I forgot about blush. I do like to throw on blush. It's not... It's not my number one thing, which is why I forgot about it, but I look infinitely better when I put it on, so maybe I should bump it up to be a more important thing. (laughs) But my face, I was noticing this in pictures of our girls' weekend, actually, where we didn't wear, I didn't have any makeup on, and I was like, my face is all the same color. (laughs) So I'm not one of those people who has, like, naturally rosy cheeks or, like you, beautifully, you know, colored lips. I don't have that. Like, when I don't have any makeup on, I could just blend into the wallpaper. I have like <laughs> from the from my hairline to my chest, I'm all the same color. I am in I am a blank palette. If I don't put on some lip gloss or some lipstick, I look like I don't have any lips. <laughs> I've never thought about that. But Laura, one thing that you do have that most people do not is you have the most brilliant, beautiful blue eyes. So I think I have never noticed when you're not wearing that much makeup because your eyes are really, truly a natural accent point. So that's funny. I didn't even think about you not wearing makeup while we were there, but most of us were not because it was pretty, pretty laid back. Mm-hmm. So I'm the same way with a five minute daily routine. I don't really put on a full face. I mean, sometimes I don't put on anything if I'm just running out to the grocery store. I mean, I, that's one thing that I love about living in a city. You know, you and I growing up in a small town, you can't go 
anywhere without bumping into somebody. So I kind of like the anonymity of a city where you can sneak out to the grocery store and not see a single soul that you know. Um, but for just, you know, out and about running around town or even just around the house, I like to do, like you said, a moisturizer to start with. So my bare minimum would be some moisturizer, um, for sure a sweep of some kind of, uh, a sort of a brightly colored eyeshadow. I have really just, just by genetics and by nature, I have really dark circles under my eyes. Um, and that only gets worse when I had, you know, quite a night with kids or whatever. So I will for sure put some uh, concealer on under the eyes, but I like a bright eyeshadow, even if I'm just out running around. Um, and then some blush. And I always, my mom, I think instilled in me, if you are walking out the door, you need to have a pair of earrings in and some lipstick on. I mean, that is like the bare minimum when you're walking out the door, at least have a little color on the lip. So, uh, in mascara too, I have completely blonde eyelashes. They are non-existent. So if I do not have mascara on, you see nothing there except for my eyes. So, uh, <laughs> a swipe of mascara as well. So I think, you know, depending on what season of life you're in there, there are seasons where you can really take the time to put on a face that you are thinking looks pretty good when you walk out the door. And then there's other times when you're like, yeah, it's a bare minimum day. So, <laughs> Okay, so let me ask you this. Let's talk about if you were stranded on a desert island and you had one product with you. This kind of gives me a lot of anxiety to think about. But if you had one product with you, what would your desert island must have be? No question. Don't even have to think about it. L'Oreal Voluminous Mascara ah, with the curved yes. wand in black. You've worn that since we were in high school, I think. A long time. It's the best. It is. I've it's worn great. it a long time. And I've but I've tried others. I've tried fancy mascaras. I've gotten mascaras as samples that I've tried. I've tried mascaras people have sworn by. And I always come back to it. I don't know if it just catches my eyelashes the right way. <laughs> but I haven't seen anybody look bad in it. I think that it's it's inexpensive. It's like eight dollars at anywhere. And it really does make them look thicker and blacker and it doesn't, it stays forever. Like it stays all day. Um, it doesn't smudge. I just love it. I, it's, and it's the best, cheapest thing to make you look awake quickly like that. Like that. Yes. Okay. Mine would probably, this is a new product to me. Um, I was late to the BB cream um, enthusiasm that people started, you know, getting into a couple of years ago. So I just started using BB cream. And I found one that I really like. It's Aveeno's Clear Complexion BB Cream, which you're the one that turned me on to Aveeno products to begin with. And I love Aveeno. I love Aveeno. It's one of my favorite drugstore brands. It's for fantastic. Sure. And I love their BB cream. And why it would be my desert island must have is because a BB cream has SPF in it. So this is a 30 SPF cream. It acts as also your moisturizer and it gives you just a tiny bit of coverage. Not a lot. It's almost like a tinted moisturizer, only I think maybe a little thicker, would you say? I haven't really used tinted moisturizers a lot. So, well, I haven't used, uh, the Aveeno BB cream, but I do think that BB creams are a little thicker. They're more like thin foundation. Yeah. They're too thick for me. Okay, well, so, yeah, for, for the desert island, I mean, I think that for me, I don't know, maybe you can relate to this. For me, having a dry face, which is so weird, because when I was a teen and, and a young adult, I had really oily skin, and then it's like everything flip-flopped. I'm in my 30s. Now it's all different. And so I get dry skin really easily. And if my skin is dry, it's almost like I can't think about anything else. It's a very visceral thing for me, feeling like my skin is moisturized. and Like you can feel it? Yes, like I can feel the tightness and it is a very mm, disconcerting feeling like when my skin feels tight and dry. So if I were on a desert island, I would have to have my BB cream, not only for a little tintedness to cover up the sunburn from sun exposure, <laughs> but really just, yeah, I have to have that sort of foundation of my skin is nourished. Does that make sense? Like it just, it feels good and, um, well, whatever the opposite of dry is. <laughs> the older I get, the more I think that moisturizer is the key to everything because I don't have as, 
as dry skin as you're describing, but I have combination skin, I think they call it, where it's oily in some places and dry in some places. Not overly either, but just um, when I put moisturizer on, everything else goes better. Like the makeup that I'm going to wear goes better. I feel like I look a lot better. It truly, it truly changes my complexion. Like when I don't have moisturizer on, I look not of the living. Interesting. Interesting. I guess technically my skin is combination now too, but those dry spots, I feel like are like really dry. So that's, yeah, a great moisturizer. Do you think it's just being in our thirties or whatever that we got to have a great moisturizer now? I don't know. I have to use a moisturizer all the time. And I have a, a range of the kinds that I use. I use, I really like the Aveeno um, Daily Radiance Moisturizer. Yes. It is wonderful. It is. And if I'm not going to have anything else on, I can do just that and feel, it doesn't have any tint to it, like the BB cream that you're saying. It does have SPF, which is important to me. And it evens out my whole complexion. So redness or weird things. And I wore that moisturizer in Haiti. When I was in Haiti, it was beating down hot. We didn't wear any makeup. And even the SPF it had completely protected me. And in pictures, I looked not like I hadn't gotten any sleep, which I hadn't. So I like that. But then I also really like, I have some medium range moisturizers I really like. I really like Max moisturizers. I think that they're very creamy and nice. And then I have um, some high-end moisturizers that I reserve for wintertime or like when I'm more in dire need. I put a lot of moisturizer on before I go to bed. I sort of sleep in it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I actually just got a a brand new moisturizer and cleanser set. I want to say the brand name. It's not like, it's not in drugstores or whatever. You have to order it. I think it's called Natural natural Oily or Natural Oily. It's an oil, like, you know, I like the oil cleansing stuff. Um, Kind of an oil-based product set. And it's a really thick moisturizer, way thicker than I've ever used, but it feels so good. And so I find I'm like slathering it on before bed and it feels fantastic, but I don't wear that in the mornings. I wear something different in the mornings. So yeah, some of the, the really high end, like La Mer or, um, I use a Revive. I think that's how you pronounce it. Someone correct me. It looks like Revive, but I'm pretty sure it's Revive. Um, <laughs> That, you know, you can get at the higher end department stores. Those are a lot thicker. La Mer is almost like cold cream in a way. Yeah. But it has all of these really nice ingredients that make your skin feel fantastic if you put them on before you go to bed and you wake up in the morning. But that stuff is so expensive that I can't justify using it all the time. Right, right. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I get very, like, pragmatic about the more expensive stuff <laughs> and yeah. just hang on to it for you know, major events or, you you know, like you said, in the winter when you need real moisturizing help, that's when that stuff comes out. While we're talking about um, skincare, I do want to say I want to extol the virtues of the Clarisonic. Oh, yeah. I've never used it, but I know you've used this for years. Face cleansing brush. You guys, it is wonderful. You know, I feel like I still use it several times a week and I, and I still like it. It's my preferred way to clean my face, but I don't think I need it as much as I use. When I started using it, it was sort of postpartum. My skin was a disaster. Uh, Yeah. I had a ton of skin cell turnover. And so I just constantly need to exfoliate, but it felt very abrasive to me to, to use, in fact, a, um, the person who does my facials told me not to use exfoliants that have a grit to them. Like, I think I was using St. Ives apricot. Yes, that's a go-to for so many women. I've never used that. I'm, I'm like actually horrible with exfoliation, horrible. But a lot of women use that, that they've used since they were like teenagers, the apricot No, scrub. it's because it really works. So right, I right. would always use it because, I mean, it, it takes your skin off. <laughs> And I mean, I really loved it. You could like feel a difference when you got out of the shower or finished watching your face. And then I had someone tell me like, no, that's really bad for your skin. It does work. You know, it does exfoliate, but it's also sort of leaving little, as your skin gets more sensitive, it's also leaving like little tears almost in your skin when you use any product as harsh as that with like the grits to it. Yes. So I moved to using a Clarisonic brush on my face and it 
it works a lot better and it is a lot gentler in the bigger picture of your skin. And it's also an investment, but I've had mine for years now. I mean, I've had mine for three years now. Right. I remember you so, first talking about it and that you were a huge fan of it. And that's been several years ago. So mm-hmm. good stuff. I feel like, you know what, Laura, here's the thing about skin stuff. I feel like I've just been floating along, like in my 20s. In my teens and 20s, I never really thought about skincare beyond washing my face. I will say I have a weird hang-up where I have to wash my face before bed every night. It's just a thing. Like, I feel like I can't rest if I haven't washed my face. But in terms of, like, really paying attention to what I'm washing my face with or what other products I'm using or, like I said, exfoliating, I've just been kind of, like, out in la-la land about it. And now, all of a sudden, I'm telling you, I blame Juliana Margulies and her beautiful, perfect skin at 50 for this. But I, I'm just like all of a sudden, like I need, I need for everyone to tell me all the anti-aging stuff that I've been missing out on and completely blanking out on for all of this time. All of these things that you're mentioning, like with the Clarisonic, is that what it's called? It's a Clarisonic. Yeah. My ears are perking up for sure. For sure. So that's kind of uh, actually a confession of mine that I haven't been paying really close attention to my skincare for a long time. Let's talk beauty confessions. Do you have some? I have some. You may not have as many because I feel like you're kind of on your game with all of the stuff. But do you have any confessions that people might not know about you or habits Um, or practices or products that might surprise people? This isn't a secret because I've said this online before, but I don't wash my hair very often because I hate doing my hair. (laughs) So how, how frequent or infrequent are we talking? Well, now I'm probably, you know, every two to three days. Okay. So when people say that they wash their hair every day, I'm like, what, who has time for that? I don't wash my hair every day either. I I don't even understand that. I remember, remember when you were doing, one year you were doing a challenge by month. Was that last year when you did a new challenge for yourself every month? Yes. And one month was exercise and you were like, I like the exercise part, but what am I supposed to do about my hair? (laughs) Do you remember that? That's a legitimate concern. Because if you exercise every day, do you have to wash your hair every day? I cannot take on both of those tasks daily. I know. I know. It's a commitment. These are the things you have to think about when you're going to exercise. Now I can wash my hair. I sort of have a wash and go type haircut. Like my hair's a little shorter than it was and it has some nice layers. I I mean, I just have a a haircut that is, it's okay to do wash and go. But like when my hair was longer or I I can't have high maintenance hair because I don't like it. Like if you don't like doing the thing, you're never going to. That is the the truth. That is the truth. Okay. So the hair washing, do you have any other confessions? hidden away from us. I can't think of any, but if one sparks up, I'll let you know. What's yours? I have like three. (laughs) The first one, the first one is I do not understand. (laughs) I don't understand how eyebrows are supposed to work. (laughs) What What do you mean how they're supposed to work? Like, I do not understand. Um, first of all, I understand why you would want to tweeze your eyebrows if you have some strays. Tweezing. That's as, that's as advanced as I can get with eyebrows. I don't understand waxing or the threading. But what I really, really do not understand is eyebrow um, pencils or brushes to fill in with powder. I have no idea. I'm terrified of the idea of putting any extra color on my eyebrows. Okay, I'm looking at your eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, waxing your eyebrows is because you're wanting to shape them. Or like me, you have a unibrow if you didn't, and so you have to like get rid of the middle. Okay, I don't have that. Okay. But I'm sure, I mean, you know, I sort of tweeze up under, you know, like where your arch should go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that the eyebrow thing, it can really affect the shape of your face if you change the shape of your eyebrows. I don't know if you've looked, you can see online like people who've done this. I watch tutorials on YouTube to try to get my nerve up, like I'm going to try to do it. And then I start doing it. I'm like, this looks like a four-year-old came in and worked on my face. I don't get it. I don't understand how it works. Well, I don't think you have to do it, first of all. Well, I don't think it's a requirement. I'm glad. I'm relieved. (laughs) It's probably not going to happen. Like you said with your hair. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I don't understand how it's supposed to work, so I I don't mess with them. So that's one confession. The next one is hair-related, like yours was. Um, This drives my sister completely bananas. I only get haircuts, 
like once or twice a year because I have a very strange (laughs) strain of hair salon anxiety. Like how some people feel about going in for their yearly lady checkup or to the dentist. Like that's how I feel about going in a hair salon. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so weird. Going to the hair salon is luxurious. It's not like the dentist. I feel, I feel a lot of anxiety about it. I think a couple of things. I don't, I don't really take very good care of my hair. So I feel like every stylist I've ever been to is judging me. And I think that's the main thing. Like, I feel like they're working on my hair and like this lady's, (laughs) this lady needs some help. (laughs) So I just don't go very often. One that time, is 100% in your head. One like, time last year, my hair was so long and I didn't want to go. I made, I made Kyle cut my hair in our kitchen. <laughs> Stop. You are embarrassing your son. <laughs> it's how bad it is. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty big confession. I don't know if I've ever told anybody that. Okay, my last one is actually also extremely strange. I do not ever wear nail polish on my fingernails. I wear it on my toenails pretty much all year round. I don't wear it on my fingernails because when I wear nail polish on my fingernails, I feel like my nails can't breathe, which cognitively, I know that's not how human beings take oxygen into their body. Like I know that (laughs) and I can't explain it except to say, I know when I have polish, even clear polish, it's anything on my nails. I feel like they can't breathe. They feel, they feel claustrophobic. They're yelling at you. Free me, free me. Yes, basically. So those are my very strange beauty confessions. I have nothing to compare with that. No, I know. I'm a weird person. Um, I'm wondering if anybody else out there has some kind of cuckoo beauty confessions. I do know. I actually have a few friends when I've told them that thing about uh, my nails can't breathe. They're like, no, I know what you're talking about. So maybe I'm not the only cuckoo pants on the planet who can't wear (laughs) fingernail polish on my fingernails mind you it's just my fingers like my toenails are painted right now so who knows where that came from some childhood trauma that probably should be uncovered in therapy (laughs) okay moving on from confessions let's talk about hacks I only have one kind of well it's one that I think I've talked about on the show before so this is not gonna be a surprise to anyone but my favorite beauty hack of, of recent history is the thing about Starbucks napkins being good blotters for your face. Like Starbucks in particular, it has to be? Starbucks, yes. Their napkins, for some reason, I think I have talked about this on the show before, are good at just if you need a little blot on the face to get a little excess oil before you dash in where, into the store or whatever, keep some of your Starbucks napkins, which, you know, are plentiful, uh, keep them in your glove compartment or whatever, and there you go. You've got a free, sort of, uh <laughs> if Carry by along. free you mean stolen <laughs> well I was thinking free as in five dollar cup of coffee um but keep them with you because they're actually quite useful for that purpose so that's my only hack I feel like you probably have a better one um I don't know if this is kind of universally known or not so I'll just tell you and you tell me if it's not I don't use shaving cream why is it always about shaving with me <laughs> Let's try and get through one show where I don't mention hair removal. (laughs) Um, I don't use shaving cream on my legs just because I'm lazy and forget to buy it. But I shave my legs with hair conditioner. Oh, that's good. That's good. I've heard that before. It keeps your legs really soft. And it's not like dry shaving. I mean, I'm I'm in the shower when I do this. It's not like dry shaving might leave bumps. My skin's kind of sensitive. Um, so even with just water, I think it would not be enough. So I, But I always have hair conditioner in the shower. So I use that to shave my legs. Yeah, that's a great hack and very, very practical and almost frugal. Laura, look at you. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Taking a chip out of the old beauty budget with this, <laughs> with this hack. Um, I also use, I mentioned this sort of already, but I really use concealer for a lot of things. I use it on my eyelids, like I said. And I also use, I don't don't know how known this is either. I use concealer on my lips when I really want lipstick to stay. So the Mm -hmm. the key to having lipstick stay, and this is for like an event. 
an event, you right. know, because the stays, stays, stays yes. and would almost be too much for regular life. So you use a little bit, you know, kind of rub it in or whatever. And then you use a liner if you use liner. Um, and with this method, a liner is best. But even if you don't, then you put the lipstick on, then you blot, blot, blot really well. Then you use a fine dust powder, just dust, just a little bit of dust across your lips that mm-hmm. has blotted lipstick on it. And then you do a final run of lipstick on the oh, top. Oh, over the top of all of that. Over the top of all of it, because then it Whoa, looks fresh and, right. and dewy. Yes. Although underneath it, it's like <laughs> shellac city. Spackled on. Um, that's fascinating. I mean, your lipstick, if you're using a good quality lipstick, particularly, it's not going anywhere. That is amazing. I'm totally going to remember that. Not that I have that many events to head out to, but that's really good to know. Really good to know. And I think the concealer part of that is kind of the real sticking. Well, that makes sense. It gives it something to, yeah, like you said, like stick or cling onto because our lips are, are, you know, moist or moist areas by you know, definition. So yeah, it makes sense that it would give it something that it can really cling on to. So that's fantastic. I love it. Um, Do you feel like you would ever get plastic surgery? For my face? For um, your face. Well, is that, well, I don't know, but I have for to, anything? I, well, I genuinely have thought about it. Um, carrying the twins kind of did a number on some situations. Uh, <laughs> So that's why I was like pausing because I actually would for some different reasons, but face plastic surgery? I don't think so, but I do think I would maybe try Botox for my forehead wrinkles, which are deep caverns at this point, I feel like every time I look in the mirror. I would try Botox, but I don't think I would do actual reconstruction surgery for for my face. Would you? I think I would have like in theory, but then several years ago, I caught one of those shows like on TLC or so, you know some kind of show where it was showing a facelift. And I was oh, like, Lord. dear God, help us all. <laughs> because no, I don't we have know. evolved into a humanity that cuts their face off yes. and puts it back on. I don't want to know the specifics of how that happens. No, you seriously don't. Because yeah. I would have considered myself, I know, older women who look beautiful after a facelift. And I never say never. I mean, I'm 35 years old. But having seen that actual, like, literal surgery, I'm like, I can't even... No. I, why did I watch that? It has ruined me. I can't even conceive of it. Yeah. No. Not for me. Okay. So as I said at the top of the show, you and I both have daughters. You have one daughter. I have two. Um, they're still in that, definitely in that kid age range. My oldest is 10, and I have an 8-year-old daughter. Your daughter is about to turn... Six. Six. I almost said seven, but six. So here's a question. As I said, I love Clinique because I can vividly remember standing at my mother's side in the bathroom learning the ins and outs of makeup. And it's been so funny through the years to watch the girls and their experiences with makeup. I have one child who is completely not interested. My oldest, Daisy, no interest at all. Eliza is eight years old and sometimes tries to sneak out of the house with makeup on. She loves it. I mean, is an enthusiastic fan of it just for for the fun of it. She just loves it. So what thought have you given to the whole beauty thing, the whole question of beauty as you are raising your daughter? My daughter likes to play in my makeup. Specifically, she likes to wear like lip gloss, which I let her do for special occasions if she's going to a birthday party or something fun like that. I think modeling by example is just what we're all doing anyway. I don't wear a full face every day. So it's not like she's seeing me slaving over my makeup every day. Right, right, right. Although my mom, who was a working woman in a, you know, very professional job, she wore a power suit and power lipstick every day of my childhood. And I do think that that seeped into my seeing, wearing, wearing strong lipstick as like a power symbol. Yes. Yeah, that totally makes sense. In fact, when I think about your mom, even though she's been retired for years, the image I have in my mind actually is of her like in a power suit with the, yeah, the serious makeup on. Right. And not like a lot, but just like that, you know, the confident face of makeup for sure. Totally. And I obviously internalized a lot of that. And, you know, there's maybe a little bit of a twist on it in the way that I see it, but I think of lipstick as a strong, dramatic, powerful statement instead of like a... Slave to the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Exactly. See how much I overthink things. <laughs> no, but that's exactly true. Like when I hear arguments about how it's the slave to the patriarch, I'm like, wait, what? Because I see it as like war paint. Yes. And so I'm thinking, you know, I'm hoping that I'm sort of modeling that to my daughter. I don't need to put on a full face every day for my regular life or to be myself or to feel pretty. But I think she does see me put on makeup when we have a date night or an event or something. And she likes to see it on me. Yeah. And we had, Daisy and I had a really good conversation. Again, she's my child that is not interested in makeup. But the other day, I do not know to this day what spurred this thought in her mind But she said, Mom, um, do some boys like it when you don't wear makeup? And I was like, let me take a beat. I'm going to formulate my answer here. I've been waiting for a long time for these conversations. This is my moment. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was. So I was like, okay, here's the thing. As you go through life, you will realize everybody has an opinion about what you're wearing whether it's your clothes or your makeup, your hair, whatever. Boys will have an opinion. Your friends will have an opinion. Your girlfriends will have an opinion. Some boys like no makeup. Some boys like like lots of makeup. But in the end, the great thing about being a person is you get to decide what you like best. And that's what you should do. Because I think she does feel a little insecure. Some She's in fifth grade and some of her friends are starting to wear a little makeup to school. And she's just like not into it. So I was hope, I'm hopeful that that was a good answer for her and something that it's definitely something a drum I've been beating around here for a long time is that you get to choose what makes you happy and what makes you feel the best. So anyway, it was just interesting. It's so interesting to have two girls that are just so polar opposites because these conversations I'm sure are going to be very dynamic through the years, depending on who I'm talking to. But it was just really great to be able to say, yes, that's true. Some boys will like no makeup and you get to choose what you like to do each day. So now maybe it's because I'm an old married woman, but I actually have no recollection of this prior to being married, I genuinely do not wear makeup for men. Oh, right. I, I wear makeup for women. Absolutely. I mean, I do, I guess. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, I I don't want to run into anybody out at Target with no makeup on. I actually have done that a few times and I felt embarrassed that Kyle always, always has said you have great, great skin. Naturally, you don't need makeup. Well, Jeff has not given a commentary one way or the other. (laughs) And, I mean, he hasn't. And I care way more. At a party, for example, I care way more that the women think I look nice than I do. It doesn't even cross my mind what the men think. I don't even. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I haven't even thought about that. I mean, again, I've been in in this relationship now for a long time. But, like, even when I'm trying to channel my teenage self, I still don't remember, like I remember, I kind of vaguely have this recollection of my high school boyfriend being like, he didn't like wear, me wearing a lot of lipstick. And I was like, well, you don't get a vote. <laughs> Good. Yes. That's, this I is, mean, you don't know anything yeah. about anything. <laughs> so interesting. So interesting. Well, I would love to hear from you all um, on these topics, especially I would really love to hear the whole mother-daughter thing, what you learned from your mom about makeup and what uh, you're teaching your daughters about the whole beauty thing. One last question I'm super curious about, Laura. Is there a product that you think is really worth the splurge? I have to go back to moisturizer. And I think that the kind of creams and things you put on your face can definitely matter to their texture and um, the way your makeup goes on afterwards and things. I have not, we didn't get fully into all the anti-aging things, but I've tried lots of specifically eye creams, Mm -hmm. expensive and non-expensive, although even inexpensive brands, their most pricey thing will be eye cream. It's it's an expensive product. I have not found one that changes the game or anything that really truly erases wrinkles or fills in anything. But I think that the the better products, be it eye cream or if you use a nice moisturizer as eye cream, those do make a difference. The ingredients inside of them often do make a difference. So if I was going to splurge on anything at all, it would be a nicer moisturizer. I think that's a very worthwhile splurge for sure. So, all right. Well, this has been so much fun to just sit and gab about all things beauty. Laura, before we go, please remind us where we can find you. Well, we didn't talk about this, but I closed my blog That's last right. week. Yes, I forgot. This is our first show since the big closing of the blog. 
we could do a whole show on that, but we won't. Um, you can still find me at hollywoodhousewife.com. It links out to all my channels just if you're trying to get a sense of me and where I am. I'm also Hollywood H Wife on Twitter and Instagram and The Hollywood Housewife on Facebook. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sorta Awesome Meg, or you can find all of us hanging out on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Thanks for joining us today at Sorta Awesome. Show notes for this and every episode are available at sortaawesomemegan.tumblr.com. You can also sign up for the show's newsletter, which includes extra tidbits of awesome by going to tinyletter.com slash Sorta Awesome. Do you have feedback on this show or a question you want us to answer? Maybe you just want to say hi? You can email me anytime at sortaawesomemegan at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, it would be unbelievably awesome if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I have to give a shout out to the band Prager for allowing us to use the song Strut for our in and out music. To find out more about Prager's nasty beats and pretty chords, go to pragermusic.com. And I'll meet you back here next time as we discover, explore, and discuss all the things that make life sorta amazingly awesome.